It starts with the desire to live beyond the walls of mediocrity, outside the confines of normal. People who laugh at the ridiculous notion of comfort. It's a community of performers. People with a fire to build their own roads and control their own destiny. Welcome to The Chad Shipley Show. Hey everyone, Chad here, and welcome to another edition of The Chad Shipley Show, where I bring you interesting, insightful, and entertaining content, or people. Today's show is on the power of reputation and a dive into the book, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And on this theme, I just heard Chip Conley on the Tim Ferriss Show, which is an amazing episode. Definitely go check that out. Chip said that your reputation shows up before you do. And I think he was referencing a saying, but regardless, I found it to be pretty insightful and powerful. Okay, I'm going to read what they call the judgment at the beginning of the section, and then I'm going to read a story from the book. And the story is very quick, but I found it to be very entertaining, almost funny. And then the lesson that comes out of it to be very insightful. Once I'm done with the story, I'm going to come back to the judgment that I read first. And I'm going to give an example of how I interpret that and where I have used reputation to get a powerful advantage, even though I didn't necessarily plan for it to be that way. Meaning I didn't try to develop a reputation so that I could hold power over others but that ironically ended up being the natural byproduct. Okay, jumping into the book, and I apologize up front if I mispronounce names or words or places. Law five, so much depends on reputation, guard it with your life, judgment. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Through reputation alone, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however, you are vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. Make your reputation unassailable. Always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen. Meanwhile, learn to destroy <laughs> learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own reputations. Then stand aside and let public opinion hang them. Okay, we'll come back to that in a minute. Observance of the law. During China's War of the Three Kingdoms, AD 207 to 265, the great general Chu Lang, leading the forces of Shu Kingdom, dispatched his vast army to a distant camp while he rested in a small town with a handful of soldiers. Suddenly, sentinels hurried in with the alarming news that an enemy force of over 150,000 troops under Sima Yi was approaching. With only 100 men to defend him, Chuko Lang's situation was hopeless. The enemy would finally capture this renowned leader. Without lamenting his fate or wasting time trying to figure out how he had been caught, Lang ordered his troops to take down their flags, throw open the city gates, and hide. He himself then took a seat on the most visible part of the city's wall, wearing a Taoist robe. He lit some incense, strummed his lute, and began to chant. Minutes later, he could see the vast enemy army approaching, an endless phalanx of soldiers. Pretending not to notice them, he continued to sing and play the lute. Soon, the army stood at the town gates. At its head was Sima Yi, who instantly recognized the man on the wall. Even so, as his soldiers itched to enter the unguarded town through its open gates, Sima Yi hesitated, held them back, and studied Lang on the wall. Then he ordered an immediate and speedy retreat. Now I'm going to read the interpretation from the authors. Chuko Lang was commonly known as the Sleeping Dragon. His exploits in the War of the Three Kingdoms were legendary. Once a man claiming to be a disaffected enemy lieutenant came to his camp, offering help and information, Lang instantly recognized the situation as a setup. This man was a false deserter and should be beheaded. At the last minute, though, as the axe was about to fall, Lang stopped the execution and offered to spare the man's life, if he agreed to become a double agent. Grateful and terrified, the man agreed and began supplying false information to the enemy. Lang won battle after battle. 
On another occasion, Lang stole a military seal and created false documents, dispatching his enemy's troops to distant locations. Once the troops had dispersed, he was able to capture three cities so that he controlled an entire corridor of the enemy's kingdom. He also once tricked the enemy into believing one of its best generals was a traitor, forcing the man to escape and join forces with Lang. The sleeping dragon carefully cultivated his reputation of being the cleverest man in China, one who always had a trick up his sleeve. As powerful as any weapon, this reputation struck fear into his enemy. Simi Yi had fought against Chuko Lang dozens of times and knew him well. When he came on the empty city with Lang praying on the wall, he was stunned. The Taoist robes, the chanting, the incense. This had to be a game of intimidation. The man was obviously taunting him, daring him to walk into a trap. The game was so obvious that for one moment it crossed Yi's mind that Lang actually was alone and desperate. But so great was his fear of Lang that he dared not risk finding out. Such is the power of reputation. It can put a vast army on the defensive, even force them into retreat without a single arrow being fired. Okay, now I'm going to reread the judgment and give some personal experiences. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Through reputation alone, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however, you are vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. Make your reputation unassailable. Always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen. Meanwhile, learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own reputations. Then stand aside and let public opinion hang them. <laughs> okay, that's pretty dramatic. Let me give you a couple of my personal experiences here and how I used reputation to gain a powerful advantage, even though I didn't plan for it to be that way. So me on my high horse, here we go. I am known for being a person that is very easy to work with and a person that focuses on outcomes versus egos. Now, this is not me bragging. I constantly reflect back and I could give you all my weaknesses. My ability to work with a wide array of personalities is just one of my strengths. It just is. I try not to get caught up in the drama or corporate politics or any of the baggage. And I talked about this as a powerful component that we can all utilize in the last episode on toxic people and how to easily differentiate yourself from them. Now, as I said, I didn't try hard to work well with others so that I can increase in power, but it became a natural byproduct. Here's why. If I'm working with someone and it doesn't go well, it's one of those rare situations where it goes very bad or nothing gets done. What does that mean? What does that mean to everyone that knows me? That probably means that the other person is either completely irrational, illogical, or hard to work with. So I'll give you an example. I was asked one time to support a director on an initiative, on an initiative, that's really hard to say, on an initiative. Try saying that fast to yourself, on an initiative. Okay, I was asked one time to support a director on an initiative, and the director unfortunately had a dog in the race, meaning they had a reason to be biased to a certain technology over the other technologies that we were considering. This analysis, this particular engagement, we needed to be completely unbiased and rooted to the overall greater good. There was a lot of things at stake here. The other people that were a part of this assessment, they needed to know that the person running it did not have any favoritism or bias. Even if this person was going to be unbiased and they were going to be fair and honest, there would still be a perception by the other teams of them being unfair. So they were in a position where they were going to have a hard time succeeding no matter what. Now, I was actually a pretty big fan of this person. I thought that they were very talented and skilled and great at communicating, but they were in a tough spot. I should have been the one put in charge of the initiative 
working with the director versus me supporting them because it got to a point where I didn't want my name associated anymore and I gave the director an ultimatum. Very frank and to the point, I said, unless I'm running this, I don't want to be involved and here's why. And I told him why. He was mad at first and then he came back and said, so you're just going to quit and not help me. And I said, yeah, that's correct because I can't really do my job unless I have full control. Now, had I been known for being an already very difficult person to work with, this would have been extremely risky for me to do and I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have tried helping, putting myself in a bad situation because it was inevitable to fail or I would have walked away. But it would have been perceived as things not getting done again because of me being difficult or egocentric. Now, because I was known for the opposite, it put this person in a particularly tough spot to continue being ego-fueled and wanting to drive and own the project. They couldn't see that they were in a tough spot the way that I could see it. They had blinders on, and this put pressure on them. Because who wants to be known as the person that couldn't work with the person who can work with anyone? (laughs) Now, this story is funny to me because my good friend Dustin, who I talk about a lot on the podcast simply because he's just one of those people that I love being around and having on my team in life, my life team, he was actually on the call when I made this proposition and he still talks about it to this day. And this was like, I don't know, seven years ago maybe. Because even though I didn't intend it, it was a power move leveraging my reputation, even though that was not really my intent. Honestly, at the time, I didn't even think of why I was able to make this kind of proposition, but in reflection, it's clear that I was comfortable because I knew that the superiors and others who trusted me as a person that could work effectively with everyone. At the end of the day, the reality was that the best thing was for me to have control. That was the best for him and for everyone else, and my reputation helped make that happen. Now, again, this is not me bragging. It's me trying to show the power in some of these tools and tactics so you can really begin thinking about this stuff. And as the judgment said, when you lose the reputation, now you are extremely vulnerable. And that that is so true. If I end up being a person that starts saying no to everyone and, and being that confrontational person, my reputation starts to diminish and I no longer have that power. Now people are not just going to back down. This director might not back down for me. He might say, you know what? You're a person that's also known for not being easy to work with, so I'm going to go at you and we're never going to get anything done. Now, I'll give you a scenario to consider that I think is extremely important and immensely powerful to put into action. Imagine that there is someone that's the exact opposite. They are very difficult to work with. They give you a very hard time. You could easily join the banter and the bandwagon and just poop on this person's parade. Essentially, just say it's impossible to work with them. Just like everyone else, they I can't work with them. If they are really that difficult, then that probably won't have any real negative impact on you. But imagine that you are the one or the few people that can pull the best out of this person. Now that is what leaders are made of. This is what helps you get promoted and climb the ladder. Because in order to do that, in order to pull the best out of the most difficult people, you probably have to have your emotional intelligence in high check. Meaning you have to be great at not only controlling your emotions and responses, but also tapping into their emotions and being empathetic with what they're going through and dealing with. You have to build trust with them. You have to be high on integrity and character, good at communicating, extremely personable. You have to be a lot of things to bridge that gap. Now, the caveat here is that if you are a manager or a superior to this difficult person, you have a much taller 
action, much more different course of action than what I'm talking about here. That's a whole nother episode. And if you are able to work with bad people because you're just another bird of a feather, meaning you're disruptive as well, that doesn't count. (laughs) You're just a band of bullies at that point. And I hate bullies. I actually passionately hate bullies. I'll give you one more example of where my reputation came in to help me in a power move. I had a very senior PM, one of the best I've ever worked with, assigned to help out on a project that involved a team that was really hard to work with. The leader was a good person, and when I talked with them one-on-one, we could often find some common ground, but they didn't make much effort to come to the table. And my senior PM was struggling with this. This team just did not want to give them anything. Like They they didn't want to work with my PM at all. So I finally responded to a note from a leader, from the leader, of that group and I said, look, I'm pulling my PM out. We don't want our names on any of this and we don't want any involvement. So good luck, do it on your own. Now, was that the right move? At that point, I think it was because I exhausted efforts on this particular initiative and I had a long running list of things in the past leading up to this with this person and I got to the point where we we needed to come to a crossroads. Like they were either gonna come to the table and use our support and let us be a part and run the project or they were gonna do it on their own and let themselves fail. So when I say I'm pulling out and and when someone asks me why, they're not going to think it was me or my team's fault. I'm very clear or I'm very confident going to my superiors and saying, look, I'm the person that shows up always to push things forward. I'm at a point with this person, I can no longer do that. And I'm not going to keep putting my PMs in very frustrating situations where they're coming to work aggravated and frustrated all of the time because this team doesn't want to play ball. And I can't make that move or or do those kind of things unless I've built a career around always coming to the table and working towards moving things forward. Now, if you want to work on being a better person to work with and building that reputation, here is a small trick. Imagine this. I'm going to give you like a very boom in a snap. You can start thinking of something differently and it's going to have a drastic impact on your career. You don't have to pay $1,000 for a course. And I talked about this in the toxic people episode. Imagine, here's the trick. Imagine the people you work with having the power to fire you after one interaction. You walk into a meeting. When you leave that meeting, that person has the opportunity to say whether or not they want to continue working with you and whether or not you have a job. Now, obviously, don't don't get too brainwashed into this kind of thinking, but it's a powerful notion because you're going to start acting differently. Imagine that they are your customer. Imagine that you're there to support them and that you really care about what they say about you and what they think of you because regardless of them and who they are, Collectively, this starts to build your reputation and it makes a huge difference. This became ingrained in me when I was in consulting because the people we worked with were customers. We were there supporting customers. We were being paid to be there and we were working for them. We had to figure out how to bring the best out of everyone and bring people to the table no matter what. Your reputation shows up before you do. So build a strong one. That's the show. Thanks, everyone.